Hello and welcome to another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob. I'm Wayne Highlander, National Sales Manager for Bone Adhesives. And I'm Rob Johnson from Bona Training. How we doing, Rob? Pretty good, bud. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I, uh, been I wa- think you we- need to clear your throat. Me? Yeah, give yourself a good throat clear. Or is there uh, something wrong with my microphone? Uh, it must be your microphone. I'm fine. Or uh, headphones. Uh, whatever. So... Uh, today we have a special guest, and I think this is a, this will be a, an interesting topic for for our audience is uh, about re- retail stores and starting a retail store and coming from being a contractor and, and moving towards being a retail store owner. Uh, our special guest today is uh, Ken Peterson. Uh, he's with Woody's Hardwood Floors Limited, and uh, Ken, I know you've been um, I think what since 1994 in uh, in Calgary, British Columbia, in that in that area. Yeah, we, we've had. Uh... 94 is when we uh, we opened our first retail in Calgary, but I started Wood Floors in 86 in uh, in the East Coast where we were raised, where I was raised. So the, we, I, I started my first retail store in oh, probably about, I would say 90, 91. It wasn't long after we got going contracting. So we, yeah, we started our first retail there. Then we sold out and then moved to the West Coast. Gotcha. So you've actually been installing since the late 80s, though, right? 86. 86 is uh, my first floor that we've installed. Yeah. A lot of a lot of experience there. And, and I want to give Wood Floor Business Magazine credit for 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 this. You, you wrote an article in that magazine and, and, and I read when I read it, it resonated with me so quickly. Just one thing that you said in that article, I, I thought, yep, I've thought the same thing and um, something to the effect of if you're a contractor and you're going into uh, owning a retail store, the best thing that can happen to you is that you hurt your back so you can't do floors anymore. And I used to say when I was doing floors and I you know, wanted to grow and get bigger and may, perhaps do a retail store is that I think I'd be better off if my knees hurt so bad I couldn't do floors anymore. It wasn't even an option. Yeah, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, no, it, it is. It's, 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 it's the truth. It's uh, uh, it. I don't know what it is, but if uh, every 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 flooring contractor, every guy that's uh, swung a hammer or sanded a floor, seems like they always uh, want to have their own retail outlet. They want to sell their own floor. They want to do their own thing. And uh, hey, the, the hats off to them. That's that's how we all grow and get bigger and do things. But it's uh, it's one business. This wood flooring business is one thing that uh, it. It's a tough grind, and you got you you better know what you're doing when you when you change careers. So yeah, so in that article as well as uh, other meetings we've had, I always say, tell guys, best thing best thing you can do is hurt your back. I know a guy that uh, started a retail outlet and broke his Keeley's tendon right right off the bat. As soon as he started, and he said, you know, I devastated. I thought that was the end of my retail. I thought, but he says it was the best thing that ever happened because he said I learned to rely on my guys. I learned to rely on my guys to do everything. And then I, I, I learned that I, I had to push pencil and I had to organize. And it taught me sitting in that desk with a broken Keeley's tenant taught me how to uh, organize. And he says that was a saving grace for my flooring store. That lure to go back out with your tools and, and, and work is very strong because, you know, you, it's there. Yeah, go ahead. You, you, I, I tell you, the, the, the problem is, the reason you want to be a, get into retail is because you're good at what you do. You're good at installing, you're good at finishing. And, and, and when you want, and you, 
and you'll get a customer come in the door and you look at the plans and you look at the job and you say, man, that's a good job. I, I want to, I'm going to get that job. And that customer just walked through three flooring stores and you're the fourth one and you're the newest guy on the block. So there's only one way you're going to get that job. And that's either a referral or you'd be the cheapest. So the first thing the installer says is, man, I'll install it myself. I'll, I'll install it for myself and, I, and I'll knock a little bit of money off too. And, and, and I'll get this job. And, and now all of a sudden you're devastated because your flooring store is suffering. Your rent is still there. Your overhead is still there. You're out installing a floor that could, could be going sideways halfway through the job, but you got to stay there. Meanwhile, the phones ring. It, it, it's a downward spiral from there. We, we have seen it so many times. And that's why, you know, I spent a lot of coffee shop talks with guys and telling them, like, go for it, do it. But I'll tell you this, change your career. You are a changed career. Like, you're not a flooring installer anymore. You know, I can tell you, we manufacture here and sell to some, some retail outlets. We don't want to categorize everybody, but you know, I got a guy that's calling me right now from, from Florida. He wants to open two flooring stores. I said, oh, that's nice. I said, what's your history? He said, well, I'm an installer. I know my stuff. I've been installing for 25 years. I said, well, I'm not interested. He said, what? I said, I'm not interested in selling your product. Why is that? I know I, I, you have good product. I want to, uh, your, your success rate is so low that I don't want to sell your product because I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to get stung. And I says, you still telling me about your installs and how you installed the biggest floor and how you installed the nicest. That's gone. You are a businessman. I can tell you our most successful flooring companies that we sell floors to are guys that uh, they're businessmen. They're, they, they don't really know everything about install. They really don't know everything about finishing, but they're a businessman. And that's, that, that's a tough thing for a tradesman to become a businessman. But it, it can be done. I, I did it. I fell on my face a few times, but I did it. And lots have, but uh, it's, it's a tough goal. And that's one thing I've, I've come to realize, too, uh, when, I, when I moved to my role as a, as a sales rep and now sales manager, that um, it's been su surprising to me that how many successful retail store owners that I know have never done floors in their life. They're business people. Yeah. And so, and, and you're speaking, you're, well, the reason why I like you on here, because you're speaking from experience. Yeah. I mean, you came from both sides of the world. So how do you change that mentality? Because you have to, you, you've got to change your way of thinking altogether, right? So here's an analogy that I come up with a while ago, because, you know, when we were running crews, when we, we had Woody's flying in Calgary, um, we, we had, we were running 37 crews. We were doing an average of nine to 12 houses a day. We we're going through 80,000 square feet of wood a month. So we were moving, we moved volume. We did 276 builders. We controlled about 23% of the hardwood floors that were going through that city. And the city was over a million people. So we, we, we moved a lot of product. We, a lot of guys come through our doors and, and we work for us. So here's something that I've told them all. I, I get guys come to me. I say, just be honest with me. If you want to go on your own, come to me, talk to me. I'll, I'll tell you the pros and cons. So here's something that I tell the guys, I don't know if they listen or not, but I do know it works. And it not only works in the wood floor business, but it works in all service business. If you're an installer or a finisher, let's say a sanding and finishing guy. So you're a sanding and finishing guy. 
and you're working hard with your helper and you've got, you've got a good reputation and work's piling up. You're, and if you do good work, you will, get, you will get busier. That's just this business. So the first thing that comes to your mind is, I need another crew. I need to get another crew going. So you lay out the money for the van and the tools and everything. So now just say when you were working with your helper, you were getting $100 a day. That's what you're making, $100 a day, just for round numbers. Now you brought on a, a second crew, but now you can only make 75 bucks a day because you're managing that second crew. And that second crew, you got to pay them guys. So you're only making a 25% or a $25 margin off them guys. So that crew's making you 25 bucks a day because you're working your own crew. You're making 75 bucks a day now. So you're making the same amount of money you're making when, uh, when, when you had your work by yourself. So work keeps piling up. You get busier. I got to get another crew. So you bring that third crew on. Now you got three crews yourself, the other two crews, they're each making you 25 bucks a day, but you're managing three crews now, estimating, collecting, build touch-ups. It goes on and on. So you're only making 50 bucks a day because half your time is managing the other two crews. So you're still only making hundred bucks a day. So that happens for the third crew, the fourth crew, the fifth. Now, all of a sudden you've got, you've got four crews and yourself. So you got five crews, but you can't work anymore. You got four crew. Your day is, is run ragged because you have four crews to take care of. You're, you're estimating, you're collecting money, you're doing touch-ups, you're fixing this, you're touching up that, you're fixing a Hummel, you're fixing a edger, you're, you're running around, right? It, so you're only making hundred bucks a day because each crew is giving you 25 bucks a day, but you can't, your, your production's done. With a lot more, li with a lot more liability too, I should say. Oh, four yeah. times the receivables, four times the payables, four times the headaches. Mm -hmm. So usually about this time, most contractors say, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And they do one of two things. They scale back to themselves or they go broke. And when they go broke, all the local wholesalers and everybody that supported them feels the pinch too. So that's, that's the biggest thing that you guys got to be careful of. Now, how do you get past that? Well, it could be done. When, when, we, when we were running big crews, one guy could run up the seven, six, seven, eight crews himself. No, no, without a problem. So, so but you got to understand you, you're done working. You, you, you're not working anymore. You're not touching tools. You're not, you are, man, and you better have a good bookkeeper. You better have a good accounting service and you better not cheat your numbers because I don't know if the U.S. is like Canada. Revenue Canada doesn't lose. So you got to know where you're at and you got to know where you're at every single day. Right now, we're probably top heavy on accounting just because I've learned my lesson. Like we, 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 we've been there. We, we've got spanked. But it's, it's, it, it, there is another way around it, though. You can, you can keep going and you can go to four crews, five crews, six crews, seven crews, and, and manage them yourself. But you have to be a career change. It has to be a career change. You know, when I, when I sold Woody's out in Calgary, 
And then I come to Kelowna here to never ever do woody, to, to never ever do hardwood floors again in my entire life. And, and here we are doing wood floors. But when I started in, when I started installing sanding, finishing, and then we went on to manufacturing and retail and everything else, but I vowed that, I, well, I'm too short, I'm too old, old and fat and lazy anyways to, uh, to do it anyways, but I vowed I, I am not touching tools. I won't. The only floor I laid was my daughter's house, but it, I, I just won't do it. Just I, I re, and if you can discipline yourself, then it gives you the freedom to be able to manage, and that's that's the key. It's it's a proven fact. This it's no it's no uh, it's no joke that only it, it's less than ten percent success rate of flooring companies that open up as a flooring contractors less than 10 percent make it it's it's not so if you're if you're out managing all your crews yeah who's managing your store well that's the that that's the whole thing so i i'm just talking about if you're building crews now if if you want to open a store you, you better you better be running a, a lot of crews you 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 better be running a lot a lot of uh, a lot of guys the only reason i have uh, two uh, retail outlets right now like sh uh, showrooms is because we manufacture there's no way i'd open a showroom if i had to buy the same product from the same wholesaler as a carpet store across the road and try to sell it there's, i wouldn't do it because the only way you can get you can beat that beat them is you have to be cheaper or you or you have to have a reputation well you can't have your reputation because you're new at the you're new at the game so uh Opening a store is that's a that's another that's an we call it the cancer. You just you just created a cancer and it's eating at you every day. And uh, I'm gonna but, but we're like opening a store like we're looking at our, our store in Cal Calgary right now. We're saying you know this the showroom is not the is not the expense. Three grand a month I can have my showroom, but every person I put in there is five grand a month. And I give them a sales car and a gas card and a commission on every job they make. And you have to have two salespeople to run the store because they all can't, they can't, one person can't be there all the time. How are they going to do their estimates and everything else? So you get two salespeople. So all of a sudden that store is $20,000 a month just to break even. Well, $3,000 was a showroom. That's a small part of it. And, it. and that's the problem. Every guy walks, drives by a, a mini a mini strip mall and says, man, I could, I could rent that place for 2,500 bucks a month. I got my own store. Okay, how are you gonna staff it? How, who's gonna keep the lights and everything on? Who's, what about your sales cars? What about your estimators? What about your commissions? That's, that's the killer. So it, it, it's, uh, and, and back to the same old thing. Installer looks at it and says, ha, 2,500 bucks a month, man. I make that in the first six, seven days of my week, uh, of, of my month to cover my, my rent, but do all the rest of the numbers, add everything else up. And all of a sudden you've got a big burden that you got to carry every month. And then, and the problem is then they get into it and then they say, man, I, I, I got to get these jobs. I got to lower my price. Now you lower your price. Now you're working cheap. Now you're working cheap. Now, now the wolf is, is, well, you have one screw up and you can't afford it. I, I got a job right now. Uh, it, it went sideways. Like you, you get jobs to go sideways. This, that's this business. I got a job right now. It's a $42,000 job. It's sideways. It went sideways. And now we're in a, um, we're in a push pull match on this job. No, we'll start it out. I, I've learned in the long run, you just 
back off a while, let the customer calm down, and then go out and sit down with them, talk to them, figure it out, come to an agreement. But but they're sitting on $25,000 of my money. Well, if, if you're running things really, really, really tight, well, you're, you're in trouble. You're in trouble, big trouble. I, I think also the, ga- the game has changed. And I think this is an important distinction that we, that's kind of related to this. And I, and I, I think it, 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 it goes to setting yourself up for success or failure. In the past, you needed a website to support your retail store. Now you need your retail store to support your website. If you're if you're doing things, if you're really really touching a lot of people and what have you, I think that can help you a lot. I think that um, you know, with COVID, I I saw an 80, 84 year old lady at, at, at a at a diner open up her cell phone and using a QR code and showing the other lady uh, how to use a QR code to look at the uh, the, um, the the menu. That's how people are buying now. So I think you also have to look at if you're not on that side of the business, if you're not really savvy on that, I think that can also put you behind the eight ball because technology's changed. Absolutely. Hey, you know, it, I tell you what we tell, we tell people here, we're, we're a marketing company that does hardware floors. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're big in marketing. Our, our Google stuff is bang on up to date. I have a guy that uh, he doesn't work for. We hire him to do, our, but we, we are bang up to date on all our Google stuff. And um, I can tell you this, there's only two advertisements I do. There's only two ways of advertising. And one is I do billboards for the drive-by. And, and the only reason I do billboard is for branding. Mm-hmm. So to, just to put that, that, that Woody's and that bird in, into their head every, every time they drive by. But the only other advertising we do is, is Google. Google's the largest advertiser in the world, and they're not even an advertising company. But it's Google. So the way we do it, I, 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 it's no secret. I tell you exactly what we do. We, we, hit, we hit the billboards to, uh, to put it into their head. So nobody drives down the road, looks at our billboard and says, hey, honey. We should get hardwood floors. No, it doesn't happen that way. But what they do is they're home sitting in their couch in the evening. And he says, you know, we should look at getting new wood floors. Yeah. First thing they do, they grab their laptop or their iPhone and they go, boom, boom, hardwood floors, Kelowna. Punch it in. Oh, we got both six company. Oh, Woody's. We know them. Well, you don't know us. But you've seen our billboard every day on the way to work and back. Instantly, who's going to get the first call? Yeah, we'll get that first call. There, there's what they call the 10-2 rule. And, and, um, and they figure now uh, uh, consumers will spend 10 hours on the internet researching and two hours shopping. Yep. Where they used to go like to 2.8 stores uh, before making a purchases. Now I think it's 1.2 stores, yeah. which is the millennials, which is now up into the 40s. That's, and it's gonna grow, it's gonna be a bigger audience than that even. So, yep. I mean, I think it's such an important part of the business. There is one person who who I know that um, that seemed to master this whole thing uh, with retail stores, and it's Rob Johnson. Uh, you want to tell him how how successful your operation was, Rob? So you want to talk about the Wood Floor Corner? That was the name of our store, Wood Floor Corner. It's funny because uh, you were saying, you know, how are you going to staff it? So I got my partner and our two wives together. And we were doing a lot of work and our name was getting pretty good. So I said, we got to have a store. Found a place right on the corner in Main Street. So it was good drive-by traffic and everything. 
And they everybody was saying to me, well, how are we going to staff it? I go, what the hell do you mean how are we going to staff it? There's four of us. We'll be able to cover this. No problem. He had kids. I had kids. But I said, no, the wives will do it. We'll work. We'll. Wow. Was that ever. We ended up being open Saturdays and Sundays. And we tried to do nights. And then we tried to do just calling in. And it ended up really being like a, a hangout for our buddies to come and drink beer and watch the games and stuff. And it was a. Uh, that was a complete disaster, absolute disaster. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made. But we we were trying to run a store and go out every day and do the business and do the estimating and everything. So uh, it just just didn't work. It, it's a it's a t- it, the retail stores are it, and it's not the rent. You probably never had a problem paying the rent. At the never. Problem. No, no. The, actually, I think we were ticking people off more than we uh, would have if we didn't have the store. Because yeah. uh, all we heard was, yeah, we stopped by the store. And nobody was there. You weren't open. You're never open. What are your hour? Yeah. That was just, you know, we thought we'd be able to cover it at night. Maybe the girls could cover it. But no, we found out that right away you need to have regular store hours maybe yeah. even go a little late into the night the only thing i can say now though is i can tell you um because we make a high-end product and uh we're, we're not an impulse product like everybody that buys our product has uh googled it they've done their homework they they didn't just drive by and then walk in and say hey uh didn't see you guys before here well how much is the most people that come to our store have either emailed us, called us, or texted us already. And that is a bit of a benefit now. I can tell you that uh, for every customer that does a $4,000 purchase, they have Googled or searched you or LinkedIn or done something five times before they even made a phone call to you. For anything over a four thousand dollar purchase, they've they've tried. Hey, we do it too. We we'll have a we'll have somebody come into our shop. It's kind of funny because Tim and I'll sit there and they'll come in and and they'll they'll spiel like an interior designer or something. And they'll I'm this, I'm that, I can do this, I can do that. And uh, she hasn't hit the door, and we both punching her name into Google. Like boom, 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 boom. Who is she? Is is she legit? Is she what she says she is? Is he what he says he is? Is does he has he done what he's done? That's just. And we just look at each other and we start laughing. Like, what the heck? We, we're both doing this. That, see, it, the, the tool is right there at your fingertips to find out about anybody and anything, right? So the same thing with a store. Now, uh, that was the case for years. Like every, everything, hey, the only advertising we did for years was yellow pages and our vans. That's it. But it's a different game now. I can tell you, even, even on on we used to do a house we used to we used to do a floor on a house and it would and we automatically we'd get two or three calls for estimates on that street because and the first thing they'd say is hey you just did Bert's floor man does it look nice can you come up and give us a quote now nowadays 25 years 30 years later we'll get the same phone call yes um, and they'll give their address and that's it so We'll go do an estimate and we'll say to them, oh, we just done a job four doors up two weeks ago. 
And the customer say, yeah, we've seen your vans or we've seen your sandwich board. Oh yeah, did you stop in and take a look at her? Oh no, 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 no. We, we would never, did you call the homeowner? Did you stop in and ask them what our, no, 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 no. But do you know what they did? They, they read every one of my Google reviews, every one of them, but they would never go over to that homeowner and say, hey, how did you make out with Woody's? Was their floor good? Did they do good work? They, nope, they won't do it. They'll rather go on Google reviews and then search the heck out of you on the internet and then they'll make a phone call. It's, it's a different game now. Okay, so a couple things. One is um, like, I, I, this is not intended to be like negative, to like deflate somebody's uh, gosh, dreams or whatever. But I think you could also save a lot of people from, a lot, from, from heartache, number one. Number two is I remember in 2007 when the economy crashed and I would talk to different contractors and, and it was two different camps. One group would say, man, I should have opened up a showroom. Now I'm slow. There's no work. And the other person would say, you know what? Uh, I opened up this showroom. I said, well, I should never have done it. I'm losing money on this and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, as you say, the game has changed now. And um, so what does work? What I mean, I thought there's no there. I don't think there's any shame in 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 working out of your out of uh, your warehouse at home and and uh, you know uh, staying small and 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 you know my I'll say that my brothers have done that and have no desire to grow. They could they could have had many many more people than they have working for them now and they have no desire to. And I actually think it's a smart business plan in a lot of ways. Well, you, I'll tell you what we're doing. Uh, it. Um, we've rocked the boat pretty bad here for people, for contractors in Kelowna, because we're, it's a smaller market, but in Calgary with a million four people, uh, there's a lot, we have quite a few contractors that uh, we have no prices on any of our samples and they know where the manufacturer. So, uh, like I know one, two different contractors right now, they'll, they'll call up our sales girl there and they'll say, Janine, I have a customer coming in there. Could you show them this, this, and this? And yeah, Absolutely. And so when they come in, they say, hey, um, could, could I see? Yeah, no problem. See, see this, see show, all the stuff. And then we give that contractor, of course, a reduced price. But we, they don't, customer doesn't talk price to us, but we're letting them use our showroom. We, wish, we just want to move product. We want to move product. That's all we want to do. And so, and I don't care. It doesn't matter to me who the customer is and who, or who I sell it to. So we have contractors, the foreign contractors that use our showroom to, uh, to, to and then we sell them the wood and then they take, go ahead and do the job we don't have nothing to do with the job so i encourage that a lot and even the wholesalers like i don't know if i was a wholesaler and had a whole i would put a showroom in and tell all my customers in the wholesale there's a showroom for you use it and 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 that way there because all the wholesaler wants to do is move product but it it, it, it sure helps the contractor we have a distributor here in Albany. That's how he does it. He has a really nice showroom. And everybody knows you send their customers there. They never talk price. They don't have prices on any of the samples or anything like that. But they got a really nice showroom. And it's geared just exactly for that, for their contractors to send their homeowners. Sometimes they'll meet them there. And then sometimes they'll say, hey, stop by here. They're open five days a week stop by any time and you know talk to one of these two guys and they'll take it from there so no, just, yeah it, that's a really way nice way to uh, yeah absolutely yeah. and so we encourage that with our showrooms same thing 
Like we'll sell wholesale to the contract. But, you know, I also have a lot of contractors. I have a lot of contract all over Western Canada, guys that even used to work for us, but guys that are really good operators and they work out of their garage and they have a good clientele and they do good work and they work by themselves or maybe one crew helping them. And they'll call me up and say, Ken, I got a seven and a half inch white oak floor that I need, but I need like a, um, a, a mocha stain on it. Can you, can you fire me some samples up? No problem. So I'll just tell Colin in the back, hey, Colin, run, run a two, two foot boards for mocha stain. We're going to send it off to so-and-so. Okay. Next day, we peer later to him. He's got it in front of his customer within about three or four days. And then he, lot, and lots of times that doesn't work. On the first go, he'll call me up and say, Ken, it works, but we need two shades lighter. No problem. Run two boards, ship them up. What, 25, 30 bucks to ship each time? It's the cheapest showroom he's ever had. And, and he's got a product that nobody else around him has. But and that's, and that's partly why we decided to start manufacturing and finishing is, is because I think there's room for the little, the little manufacturer that does specialty stuff to service the contractors. So uh, we talk about, we're going to have a, a conversation here with, uh, with uh, Sprig Lynn on another show coming up soon. We'll talk about how important relationships are. And you see retailers and, and uh, guys that work in, the, uh, you know, in, their, in their garage, let's say, are two different audiences all together and sometimes they miss each other you know and sometimes they like they resent each other uh but they really could work together uh very well and uh and to their both their benefits absolutely uh, absolutely for sure yeah but but you know it's the same old thing you, you, there's the one contractor who just who wants everything and the other contractor who uh, charges his rate who is right price and makes margins and it, yeah it's hard to school everybody on, on everything but i do know going back to the showroom and how to and on how to uh, build crews uh, multiple crews i will i when we started building multiple crews and having a showroom and and doing doing what we did every day with uh, as many houses we i did realize that um you, you need dispatchers, you need guys to run crews. And I tried to bring in a sanding crew, a sanding guy to do that. And that was a disaster. He, all he wanted to do was reteach everybody and retrain everybody and do it all had to do it his way. So then I brought an installer in, it was the same thing. He didn't want to be there and they, they didn't want to listen to him because he was just an installer. So what I did was what I, I just, I looked at all the builders I did and I thought, who's the best project manager of all these builders? And a guy's name come to my head. And I phoned him up next day. I says, hey, will you come work for me? He says, doing what? I says, dispatching crews. He says, I work for a builder. I'm a, I'm a project manager. I says, well, when you get pissed off, call me. So anyways, he did. Well, six weeks later or so, he called, like five, four or six weeks later or something. He called, and I knew what he wanted. Let's go for lunch. And he'd come and work for us. And he worked for us for years. And he dispatched crews. He run jobs dispatch crew and did a heck of a good job of it but he didn't know hardwood he didn't know hardwood floor. he he knew the but he couldn't lay a floor he couldn't finish a floor but you know the guys respected him because he wasn't trying to teach them and he wasn't trying to tell them and he was a he was a he was a project manager and he knew how to manage and he knew how to schedule and he knew how to coordinate and man did he make our life a lot easier and it's the same old thing he can't 
you, you can't bring a contractor in and make him a, a, a businessman. It's tough to do. You can't make a, a sanding guy be a dispatcher. A, a guy, it, it, there's no saying you are in your life exactly where you're supposed to be. Like, yeah, that's, that's why you're there is because that, that's, but you know, like you said, though, you don't want to discourage everybody. You don't want to say, oh, don't ever do retail because some of us have done very well at retail, but it's the biggest thing is it's a career change. It's a complete career change. Craftsmen, craftsmen want to do craftsman stuff. Exactly. Craftsmen don't want to be sitting at a desk and pushing pencil and they want to do craftsman things. But the problem is I, I don't think they manage it good enough where they're, they should be getting paid the way that they should be because they're out there doing the craft. So and why is it every flooring contractor I know thinks he has to give a deal to get a job? It drives me <laughs> crazy. You, oh, okay, this job, okay, eight bucks a square foot to San Fe. Oh, it's really good. Um, and I really want the job. Ah, can I work All right, Ken, we're going to ask you to go back and listen to a bunch of our episodes, okay? <laughs> we, we don't talk like that on this show, no. Everybody's in a race to the top that, who's listening to this show. That's what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wish. Well, uh, how, tell me how important a bookkeeper is. And a lot of people think that's an expense. Oh, gosh, another, I got to add another expense to it. But why, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I, I, I think it's a, it's a game changer. Well, I, I'll tell you how we do it. We do it. We're a little top heavy. Uh, Tim, Tim sits at the desk and he does data entry all day and takes care of all of our admin stuff. But then we have a bookkeeper that comes in every month and picks up everything for that month and, and through the QuickBooks and make sure it's right. And then everything's from there is handed on to accountant. Um, I know it's probably top heavy, but I've learned in the past that you need to know your numbers. You need it's good numbers or bad numbers. You need to know. And, you know, we, if we're contractors and we're working and we're doing stuff, we like to fudge our numbers. We like to think we made more than we really did. Or we like to think we did a little, but we, if you give that to a bookkeeper, she's gonna give you your real numbers. She's gonna tell you exactly what you did. And I remember arguing with, oh, no, 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 I know I made more money than that. <laughs> no, 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 here it is, Ken, here it is, it's black and white. Well, if you made more money, where'd the money go? But no, no, I know I, I was so busy and we did this job. No, this is it, this is what it is. And it, and you know what? It's important. It's really, really, really important. Well, you know what? It just, just screw up and let the government come after you. It, it, she's, she's game over. Here's why that is so important. And that's one of the, I think the most important thing you said today, Eva, and it's been great information. Um, you can fall into the trap of thinking you made more money than you, than you have. I think a, I'd say 80% of the people do it. And then the problem is that compounds. And if you start thinking, oh, I made this much on this job, and then you start adding all that up, it's a lot of money. And it would have gave you an opportunity to capture that money and find out what am I doing wrong where, I, where I'm not, what do I need to do? Do I need to raise my prices? Do I need to change my process? Do I, do I look at smaller bit, smaller jobs and bid them completely differently? Um, and uh, I, I, it's so important that you do that. So we're the same thing. We, we have a mill workshop that mills all our wood and it's, it's a down the road, it's a ways away from our, our pre-finished plant. And we're looking at the numbers thinking, you know, the, the, the operating numbers are just too high. So we look at the rent, the, the rent 6,000 a month for that, little, that warehouse, right? 
and we're saying, man, how can we cut that rent down? And then we get looking at it. I pay one guy 7,000 a month. Rent is not my problem. Staffing is my problem. I got, I, you gotta watch every nickel. And you can't just zone in on something because you think that's your problem. You gotta, you gotta know where you're not. I look at my staff on my on staffing that uh, meal workshop, and I'm like, whoa, okay, how can I, how can I make this a little more? Right. But going into it, the first thing you think, oh, rent's my problem. No, rent ain't my problem. I got guys, most half my guys are making more money than the rent bill. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other thing you kind of can call, fall into the trap of, I've worked my 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 butt off in this job i deserve this nice denali truck i deserve this thing because i've i'm working 90 at 90 100 hours a week and um you know all that plays into it man um so you'll see it every time every time a guy opens a flooring store he buys himself a new truck (laughs) me too yeah (laughs) (laughs) never done that but you do it you it's automatic hey I got it. And you sell it to yourself. You, you sell yourself. I got to have that image. I got to get the sticker on the truck. I got, I got, I can't drive around in a van doing estimates. I got to have a nice truck and, it, and I'm not just having a little truck. I'm a big truck and I'm going to have a, Hey, I, listen, I wrote the book on it. I I've lost, got the t-shirt, lost the t-shirt on that one many times, but it's, I always say we all want to be the big shot in the hot tub. They, it's just it's it's our nature it's 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 we all want to have the biggest crews the biggest jobs the big it's 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 our drive it's it's just our nature it's it's western world thinking yep yep you know you were talking about hiring accountants and i got a pretty good story about the accountant that we hired right around the same time we opened the store um we finally got audited about four years of this guy we got called into the IRS building and they started off the whole uh, meeting with the good news is there's not going to be any jail time for you or your partner. Oh, <laughs> that's a good part. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was the good news of the day. So you must have some pretty good stories, too. Well, uh, first of all, you know how to hire an accountant, right? No, no, I don't. OK, actually. number one, this is the no first. Clue. First word interview with the accountants. What's two plus two? <laughs> and if he says four, he's fired right there. Yeah. His answer is supposed to be, what do you need it to be? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good accountant. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, when, when you rotate as much floors and as many jobs and stuff as we have, things, crazy things happen, like really, really crazy. I'll tell you one that we wrote an article for here a while ago, and I'll tell you what it is. But so we we did a job, this guy, he wanted us to do his house, uh, two, the two floors, the top floor, main floor and the top floor of his whole house. And that's back in the old sand and finish, two and a quarter red oak, select them better, sand and finish the whole thing. He says, I'm going to Florida for a month. He says, I'm gonna take all my furniture and put in the basement, the whole, everything. He said, I want you to come in here and I want you to hardwood the whole thing except for the bathroom and the laundry room. So we said, sure, absolutely. So we're, we get going there, one of our crews, we had multiple crews then. So they laid all the floors and they got it all done and then they're sanding away. And on the top floor, around the toilet flange in a half bath, the, the edger tilted down into the uh, 
toilet flange a little bit and, and jumped across the floor and cut that water line right off. Oh boy. Uh, that right off flush with the floor. So now we got half inch water line hit, hitting the roof, straight water coming straight up out of the roof. So the guys phone me and says, Ken, this is what happened. I said, well, shut the water off. Well, we can't. The base was full of furniture. We can't even open the door. It's full. I said, well, go around to the, go around to the walkout and go in. We tried. It, we can't. It's full. I says, well, uh, call the fire department. So they call the fire department. Fire department comes up, looks around. Well, we got to shut it off at the curb. Can't find it. Can't find the water shaft. So they call down to the uh, fire department. They bring up a metal detector. They find it under the concrete driveway. So they can't, they can't shut the water. We're talking hours later, water's still running. There's nothing you can do. So they call the city. The city comes out, does the same thing to what they do. Try to find a what? No, can't find it. They say, well, let's start emptying the basement. Well, that basement was jammed. They'd be half a day emptying that basement. Well, water was coming down the stairs like a waterfall. Uh, And the ceilings were dropping. The cabinets were falling. Everything was. So anyways, the city says, we're going to shut the water off for the subdivision. So, well, that's a bigger key. So we down to the dispatch yard, get the key, come back up, shut the water off. We're talking like four and a half hours later, we got the water turned off to that whole subdivision. Well, we wrecked that house. <laughs> it, it wrecked it. It wrecked everything in that house. <laughs> no, there was no, the water in the basement was, it, it, the ceilings all fell down. The, it, oh. it, was, it was the worst I said, well, I guess we're not getting paid for that one, boys. <laughs> you know, our insurance stepped in and took care of the whole thing. They, they just, yeah, they, they, our insurance did the whole thing. It, it was, you know, I called that guy down in Florida. Um, he, he actually was a former drummer of Brian Adams. Oh, all right. So and he was a really, really good guy. Like he, just, he says, Ken, he says, accidents happen. I get it. I, I get it. He says, you know, I, I don't like it, but I get it. So, wow. and he was re- really good about it. And I just told him, I says, you know, whole bunch of multiples. One is if the basement wasn't full of water, if, first of all, we hadn't hit the water line. If the basement wasn't full of, uh, full of uh, furniture. If the concrete wasn't over top of the water shut off, if like just one, two, three, four, like, and wow. yeah, it, it, it hits it. All of a sudden you, you're swallowing it. <laughs> But yeah, That's a, that, Pete and I had the almost same thing happen to us. We nicked the water line going through a refrigerator. So we go downstairs to turn it off. But a contractor, like a month before we got in there, had finished the basement. So they put sheetrock on the whole ceiling. Everything was completely covered. So we couldn't find the water. We had to call the fire department and they came, turned it off. They found the place outside to turn it off. But yeah. I mean, I'm not, I bet it was less than an hour before they turned the water off, but I couldn't believe the amount of water that was in that house in that one hour. I mean, it was just oh, yeah. brutal. Yeah. You know, we, we, one time we were, um, uh, we did this job for this guy and we, we sanded and finished his whole main floor of his, of his bungalow house. And he says, I don't, uh, I don't really care about anything here he says except for one thing and he holds up this team canada jersey that's signed by every hockey player in team canada what year i don't well it would this would have been about 98 99 so 
whatever was just around that timing could have been 2000 in there. So anyways, he's got this Jersey with every player's signature. He says, I just don't want this. He had to show me this Jersey. I don't want this Jersey hurt. I said, okay, no problem. So we go in the sand, the whole main floor of his house. He had all the furniture cleaned out, everything cleaned out, ready to go. We resanded and finished the whole main floor. And, uh, he come into the shop the next day after we were done. And I thought he was going to kill us. He was so mad. He was five feet high and climbing. He was just, oh, and holding this jersey. And that was back when he used oil-based finishes. And, and he hung that jersey in the middle of that basement so it wouldn't get damaged. And, you know, all of us guys have done it. A little bit of extra finish at the front door. You just drop it into the, the hot air vent and down it goes. <laughs> And it hit the seam in that hot air vent and dripped out of the bottom of there and was hanging right underneath it. Jersey, and it hit, and it went down and hit the jersey and run down and hardened about four four inches oh off the bottom God. of that jersey. And it wrecked the jersey. And oh. like, what is the chances of that whole basement? He hung that right under. I'm like, oh man, I, we're dead. <laughs> we're oh, dead. oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know you, you did create some some crazy stuff happens. It, it it's stories like that. That's why you you keep all the hangers facing the same direction in the in your closet. <laughs> if you got to get out in a hurry, <laughs> I had one of my guys come. This is this is quite a few years ago. Back when back back when the old oil, but like that's one thing I really really like about the water base is you don't get the you don't get the internal combustion in the sandbags anymore. Back then. I think I've lost three vans. We've, we've lost a few houses. We, yeah, we, we've had stuff, but we're working in an area. I'm not going to say the area in case they, they figured it out. Still, still but, looking. Yeah. But you know, one of my guys shows up at the shop at quarter after seven in the morning and, he, and I'm sitting at my desk and he comes in, his eyes are like saucers. I says, uh, what are you doing, Kevin? And he says, uh, uh, I, need, I need to talk to you. I says, what's going on? You're supposed to be putting a last coat on that floor. He says, uh, uh, there's no house there no more. <laughs> I says, what? He says, I pulled onto the street and there was nothing but fire trucks and, and police cars. Uh, I said, what happened? Uh, I don't know. I says, you left your sanding bags in, in, the, in that house, didn't you? Yeah. He says, there, it, I left them at the front entry, just on the inside of the door in the front entry. And I says, they, you got all your equipment out of there? Yeah, everything is out. I said, well, then shut up and don't say a freaking thing. <laughs> you know what? We, ne we even got paid for the job. But oh, we, never, we never, we never, nobody ever, nobody ever figured out that, that, that is why that house burnt. Nobody, uh, I never heard another thing about it. Oh, my God. In a million years, you wouldn't, it would never happen again. No, 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 no. Oh, that's like, too funny. Oh, yeah, but when you, like I said, when you when you rotate as much work as we we rotated, it, it, yeah, stuff happens, right? You, yeah, you you're in and out of a lot of uh, a lot of situations, eh? Well, um, and that's a good place to leave it as we're running up on the hour. Uh, a lot of a lot of cautionary tales there, a lot of experience, and I love the stories, man. Everybody's got it. I mean. The, the water story, I was getting anxious as you were telling it, man, because uh, I could picture myself in that same situation. It's everybody's nightmare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, really, thank you for coming on. I, I, actually, I'd love to have you come on again as a guest sometime. I mean, uh, you got a lot of knowledge and experience, and I appreciate you sharing with everybody. And again, we're not trying to scare anybody off. 
but just you know, I think you're better off going into anything eyes wide open. Uh, no, so you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, and the last thing we want to do is not have no retail outlets, right? Yeah. So, so we're not we're not trying to discourage anybody, but but uh, you know, hey, we're only a phone call away too, right? Just pick up the phone. Hey, Ken, we got this idea, or hey, or whoever, right? We we what what's the what do you think? Well, let's look at numbers on it. I've sat across a lot of coffee shop tables and. And I'm not changing their idea, their plan. I'm just saying, here, this is what it is. This is where it's at. This is what right. it, I can tell you. If I wasn't manufacturing, there's not a chance in heck I'd have a showroom. There's no way. Mm. But our margins are good enough because we're cutting out all the middlemen. And the guy across the road is not selling what I got. Yeah. Mm. And that's the only reason that I have showrooms. Interesting. Well, hey, Ken, I, again, uh, um, thank you very much. It's been a, a, a great hour of discussion and I think it'll help a lot of guys out and, and appreciate it. If you don't mind, I might, I might give you a shout one day to come back on and, uh, and there's, I'm sure there's a whole lot yeah. of it, all years, years experience. Plus I want to talk about down the road, um, Canada and, and bears up there and all kinds of, uh, uh other stuff. <laughs> Oh, we have our bears and you guys got your alligators. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I go to Florida and they say, where are you from? Wow. Grizzly bears. And I'm saying, where are you from? Florida? Wow. Alligators. <laughs> there you go. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. This has been another episode of On the Floor with Wayne and Rob and Ken Peterson uh, with Woody's Floors. And uh, please do stay tuned for another episode. Oh.